It's time for JT the Brick. Did I miss anything? If these guys on this team aren't as pissed off as I am by the coverage of the national media, the amount of disrespect I see this team getting, these guys should be angry and pissed off at the way they're being treated and looked at. Most people don't think that the Raiders are going to compete and do anything. They all think we suck. Always negative on the Raiders nationally. As the pundits are saying we're a four-win team, we're a five-win team, but I am specifically calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. JT the Brick. It's Raider bias. It's the whole reason I'm on the radio is to just try to control the narrative a little bit better. Now I got your attention. On good days, we need to be great. Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. On good days, we need to be great around here. Do we all agree? And now, the Pied Piper of Raider Nation Radio. Here's JT the Brick. Thanks for joining us. It's hour number two of the show. Tim Graham's supposed to join us. He covers the Bills in Buffalo. Very good insider. He used to be out here in Vegas covering boxing with me back in the day. So, yeah, Tim Graham says he just texted me. He'll be good in 10 minutes. So I can open up the phones here. The phones are always open. Sometimes they're locked on other shows. Those are always open. Twitter's open at JT the Brick. And last night I did a live YouTube show. I want to just share that with you for a second. I have a new YouTube page. People do YouTube for two reasons. One, because they got fired and they don't have a show, so they have to have YouTube, which is nothing wrong with that. Everyone gets fired in radio at some point or gets let go. So it's nice to have a YouTube page up and running because it could be the future. We do YouTube with Raiders Roundtable and a lot of the stuff that I do. My son came to me and said, Dad, you're working too much. You're on too many days and too many nights, but I'm not working five nights a week anymore on satellite. I'm working two, Sunday and Monday. And he said, Dad, we got to have a YouTube presence on the nights you're not working. I go, Why? He goes, because your listeners have been following you for 27 years, and you're there at night. We have been the undisputed king at night for over 25 years. Proud to say that because of the people I worked with. So I launched a YouTube channel, JT the Brick, YT, not YNT the band, YT YouTube. And what I'm going to do is select nights during the week. I'm just going to go on, and I'm going to rant, and I'm going to talk. And then when I build up the channel to several thousand viewers, then I'll be able to do live chats and people will be able to talk to me in real time. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do me a favor, because I don't ask for many favors, subscribe to my YouTube channel, get in there, send me some tweets on what you'd like to see at night, and we can react live at night. And I'll save you a lot of time. A lot of, t- a lot of radio shows have commercials, and there's, there's, just, there's a lot of nonsense. I'm just going to do 35, 45 minutes, kind of like just a tornado, a couple nights a week, and I'd like you to be a part of it. So please do that, and it won't be all Raider content. It'll be national stuff. I come on right during the World Series. Come on during the NBA Finals and do that. But like anything, with podcast and YouTube page, none of it works, none of it, unless you subscribe. If you subscribe, then we build it up. We get advertisers, and it works. If you just look at it and just say, oh, that looks cool, I'm not going to click on, then it's useless. So please do that. Get involved. I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, we'll also have coming up at the bottom of the hour, Vinny Bonsignor, and Vinny will have a lot to say. So my theory, if you're joining us late, our lunchtime crowd out west or our East Coast evening drive crowd that's about to start, I didn't think the Raiders had much of a chance in this game when the schedule came out. Their six-win team, Buffalo's in the AFC Championship. Buffalo's clearly a better team than the Raiders recently. But that changed with me on Monday night when Buffalo struggled against the Jets. Now, there was rain It was sloppy. Aaron Rodgers came out with the flag. He blew up his Achilles. 
Zach Wilson came in. They weren't looking at any Zach Wilson film. They were looking at Aaron Rodgers' film, Buffalo, for two months. That was their first game. And then Josh Allen turned it over four times in the game. So with all of that, I don't think he's going to turn it over four times against the Raiders. It's their home opener. For the Raiders to win, they have to play much better than they did at Denver in a victory. They have to have less than 10 penalties. Josh Jacobs got to run the ball with authority. Hunter Renfro needs a target. Okay, things got Michael Mayer. Where's Michael Mayer? I got this guy in the Pro Bowl as a rookie. I'm thinking my, Michael Mayer is baby Gronk. I need him to touch the ball in this game in Buffalo like he did outdoors in Notre Dame when he played in September and October. Get him going. Don't know the status of Chandler Jones. There's nothing new to add on that. And then Jacoby Myers. He's in protocol. And they were asked about this today, so he's in protocol. We do not know what's going to happen with him. I would hope that he would be ready to go. But, again, when Josh McDaniels does not want to answer a question, okay, when you ask him, hey, can I have an update on Jacoby? No. He's in protocol. That's it. This isn't a coach who's going to talk for three minutes and get caught up in his words, and maybe he's out of – no. He is focused on the Bills. Chandler Jones, what's the update, coach? There is no update. Next question. That's who he is. Get used to it. His job isn't to give the other team an advantage and give them bulletin board material or tell them the status of a player until he has to in the injury report. But you all know that. You're Raider fans. You know that. So this team now, uh, coming off the loss, he was able to get into what's happening with this team. Coming off the loss is a different Buffalo Bills team. You ever hear that term, a wounded animal? I think the the Buffalo Bills are a wounded animal. I think that they are getting second-guessed throughout Western New York. I think their fans, who many of them I know because I went to college up in that region, are shaking their heads going, what the hell's going on with this team? Why do we have four turnovers from our quarterback? How the hell did we lose to the Jets? Why are we 0-1? Josh McDaniels was asked about Buffalo coming off the loss. I mean... I just look at them as one of the best football teams in the league. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea about all the other stuff. Um, the National Football League is, you know, you just you play the game on Sunday or Monday, and you move on to the next game, and you get ready to go, and you put your best performance out there, and that's what we expect them to do, hundred percent. All right, I got a lot more sound. Let's get out to Gangster Raider, who's been patient. We'll get him up here on the flagship of the Silver and Black ahead. Well, you know, I'm going to subscribe, JT. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. And, um, you know, I wish I could have been your first subscriber. But anyway, I know you're into gambling, but before I get started, I want to tell you this. I got a buddy of mine. His name is E. He's mm-hmm. a Denver fan, Denver Bronco fan, and a Los Angeles Lakers fan. So we got an automatic $100 bet every time the Raiders and Broncos play and every time the Clippers and Lakers play. And so the Clippers have beat the Lakers 11 times in a row, and the Raiders have beat the Broncos seven times in a row. So you do the math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, – I, 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 the streak was, I was worried about the streak anyway, but I knew it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I say this to say this. I think, I, I told you before the um, season started, I thought we could beat Buffalo, but it's working out even better, in my opinion, because even though we won in Denver, a lot of people are still not giving us our credit, so we're still under the radar, you know what I mean? And so I think the way Buffalo played last night, it puts us, our teams and our quarterback, on two totally different ends of the spectrum. And what I mean by that is our team is gelling and coming together under their leader, and we're um, galvanizing under Jimmy G. Where it seems like the opposite is happening in Buffalo. It seems like the team is starting to question 
Allen and his leadership and the team is not starting with Diggs. The team is not feeling him as much as our team is feeling Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? So that, to me, that creates the perfect scenario for them to still underestimate us, thinking this is an easy game, home opener, and we come in there and punch them in their mouth, surprise them, and we leave out of there 2-0 and get ready for our home opener against um, Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's the perfect scenario. And a thing I think we need to work on is the tackling, not the open field tackling. We look good in open field tackling, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the tackling in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The first man getting the man down, at least the first or two, first or second man getting the man down. We need to do that because if we can do that against Buffalo, get them and tackle them without them, without, you know, without them breaking no tackles, that's going to be the key to the game. You know what I'm saying? Tackling. And if we can improve our – not that they did good in the open field tackling, but I'm talking about tackling in the trenches. The first man getting to them, getting them down. That's going to be the key to winning the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And also, I want to say, um, at first I thought it was bad play calling uh, on that interception that um, Jimmy Garoppolo threw in Denver, but I went back and watched the All-22 game because mm-hmm. I was upset because they didn't run the ball. But the ball that Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled, that was a run play because you saw I saw the play and – um. It was they even had the lead blocker, um, Jacob Jossie. He was in there making the lead block, and the ball was supposed to be handed off to um, to JJ, but Garoppolo dropped it. So I, w- I wasn't upset with the play caller mm-hmm. after I saw that because I think that would have been a touchdown, and Garoppolo would have never got that in the session. But that's all I want to say. Keep the game to y'all. Hold mm-hmm. your chest up. We're in first place in the AFC West, undefeated, and the Super Bowl's in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. Keep the game to y'all. And wear y'all silver and black gear with pride. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gangster Raider, checking in. The injury report is out. It's pretty much clean for Buffalo. Mitch Morse, the center, has a finger. Now, here's the injury report for the Raiders. Devontae Adams, foot, injury, did not participate. DeAndre Carter, wide receiver, knee, did not participate. Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, ankle, limited. Chandler Jones, personal, did not participate. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver, concussion protocol, did not participate. Who else is on the injury report? Jordan Meredith, guard, got a calf, limited. And Trayvon Merrick, thumb, did not participate. A lot of guys banged up. Okay, there's a few guys banged up here. Uh, to say, say the least here, but again, we'll see what happens. Devontae did not practice. DeAndre Carter did not practice. Chandler Jones not on the trip. Jacoby Myers did not practice. So when you look at Tray- Trayvon Merrick, did not practice. There's a lot of guys who did not practice. Now, are they being precautious? I don't know. I'll talk to the coach tomorrow. Got an early interview with the coach tomorrow. Uh, coach isn't going to give us much on the injuries, but if we hear anything, we got Vinny Bonsignor coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to him about this. The one thing that the Raiders can't afford is to build up their injury list, and we can't afford to have a team that has five, six, seven guys banged up. Whoever is nicked up or banged up needs to get healthy quickly because we don't have a bye week until forever. We don't have a bye week until forever. So if we had a bye week in week five or week four with a couple guys nicked up, it wouldn't be a big deal. But that isn't the case here. Thrilled to talk to Tim Graham, a great Buffalo Bills insider. We go back to his boxing days in Vegas. Tim, good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. How are you? 
JT, good to talk to you, too. It's always great to hear your voice. Bring My pleasure. Yeah, for sure, man. We go back a long way. Uh, give me the reaction on Monday night, 9-11, Aaron Rodgers' injury. That was a tough spot for the Bills, even though they had the lead. They weren't expecting Zach Wilson to come in here, and the Jets played hard-court defense. How did the Bills suffer that loss, and how have they reacted? Well, you know, Josh Allen took it upon himself, and he took it hard after the game, and I was really watching him for just some color for my story. He was he, he had the, the thousand yard stare going uh, after the game at the uh, post game news conference. Just uh, you know, you could tell that he was somebody searching for answers. And and even after that news conference, he goes back to his locker stall. And by this time, they've had the cool off period, and a lot of the players are uh, in their street clothes and pulling their luggage out of the locker room and there's Josh Allen sitting there with his elbows on his knees still in his game pants and his undershirt and a ball cap staring at the ground you know he just was inconsolable he had a lot of players coming up and trying to dap him up give him some knocks and he just wasn't having any of it and you know it's an interesting take and and you can look at that and say well, I want my quarterback to take losses that hard. I want him to be that competitive. But I was having some conversations with other reporters who've been around the block a few times, and I don't know that we saw Peyton Manning do that or Tom Brady do that. I mean, there are guys, some some of them, they just kind of shrug and say, hey, those games will happen. And, and that was more of Josh Allen's mood today uh, when he had his uh, midweek news conference. It was a little bit more of, hey, I've thrown three interceptions before. I hope to play in this league for a long time, and while I don't hope to have three interception games again, they're, they're, it's a possibility, and you're going to have to move on. But you're not going to face that Jets defense every week, and they have seemed to have Josh Allen's number going back to last season when he threw only one touchdown against them in both of those games. So I think that's what the Bills are going to try to do as far as a reset button is rationalize, hey, it's the Jets. The Jets play is tough. It was an emotional game. Mm-hmm. But like you say, JT, you're supposed to beat Zach Wilson when the guy hasn't been taking many snaps throughout the summer. Um, it, the, the Bills, uh, that, that, that's one that's clearly got away. Tim Graham is our guest. Tim, your column, Josh Allen is on every third commercial these days. After declaring to be more focused than ever on football, he needs to play as advertised. Great content from you as I read it here. Look. I think the world of this guy, I think he's elite next level, but he's at Pebble Beach, and he's in Tahoe, and he's got a lot of TV commercials, and he's a star who goes to the AFC Championship game, but so does Joe Burrow, and so does Patrick Mahomes. Most fans would kill to have Josh Allen as their quarterback. What is the reaction like from Bill's Mafia and the Bill's fan now that he's going through this little bit of a slump? I think they are side-eyeing this right now. Uh, they are not too worked up about it because some of the things that I've already said. The Jets are good. Robert Sala is a fantastic defensive mind. Uh, the Jets players in all levels, they, they really don't do anything outrageous or, or unique. There's not some mad scientist-type defensive scheme that they're running. They're all just very good at doing it, and they are maybe a – half a step faster than most teams in the league, regardless of whether you're talking interior defensive line, linebacker, corners, safeties. I mean, if Jerome Whitehead 
guy had seven interceptions in his career, finds three of them, gets yeah. that $250,000 bonus in week one, and that's supposed to be if he hits three interceptions for a season. But anyway, they were getting to Josh Allen just a little bit faster than most teams would, covering just a little bit better than most teams would. So while Bills fans, I think, are upset that they couldn't beat a Aaron rodgers list team, uh, there is a quick turn-the-page element to this, um, knowing that it's a long season. And then I think, too, whatever fears of Aaron Rodgers being in this division and making it tighter, I think the Bills fans are, are probably weighing the fact that, all right, it's one loss, but we probably put that in, in, in italics and underline it, probably aren't going to have to worry about the Jets um, come January. Mm-hmm. Um, now that could be different. Maybe Zach Wilson's found some sort of Rosetta stone or being around mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers rubbed off him just enough. And let's face it, they do have a great running game and a great defense. They can maybe deal with Zach Wilson now, but I think that right now, uh, Bill's fans are thinking it's us in Miami again and, uh, giddy up. Tim Graham joins us from The Athletic. His content is outstanding, and we need to hear it here on the flagship of the Raiders. What What is everybody thinking about the Raiders after Jimmy G gets a win? You know, Mad Max is coming. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing, and Devontae Adams has been one of the best receivers in all of football. Nine-and-a-half-point favorite Buffalo, but a lot of Raider fans coming off the win think they have a puncher's chance. I don't know if I like nine and a half points going to the Raiders <laughs> if I'm a Bills fan. I, you know, I, it wasn't – look, you know, the Raiders do have a lot. You just laid it out there, JT. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe didn't make the big splash in week one. A lot of his completions going for not very many yards. But when you take a look at that matchup and, and what the Jets were able to do on the ground, breaking some runs, um, you know, there were receivers getting open. Um, and the Bills did a lot of good things. And I think that if you were to take a look at Garrett Wilson's touchdown reception and the NFL's next-gen stats say that that's something that shouldn't happen. The coverage was so tight, and then he bobbles it three times and makes one of the great catches in Monday Night Football history. Um, mm-hmm. but, that's, but that said, the Raiders have guys who can do those things. And while it did take great plays for the – the Jets to still sneak out of victory uh, in a game in which they got four takeaways, um, then I think that you could say, well, aren't the Raiders capable of doing that too? So I know that the Bills are getting credit for being at home when it comes to the spread. Uh, New Era, or uh, excuse me, uh, Highmark Stadium uh, is, a, is a raucous place to play, a college environment as everybody knows Raiders coming from the three time zones, all those things that get baked into a point spread. But I guess the uh, JT, this is my long winded way of saying uh, nine and a half uh, seems pretty <laughs> fat to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, Tim, wrapping it up, Tim Graham from the athletic, uh, your roots and your years in Vegas too. What do you think now of Vegas with the Legion stadium, what Mark Davis has done revenue wise, when you look at how the Raiders have soared from one of the lowest revenue teams near the top, because Buffalo's getting a new stadium, and for me going to college back there, I didn't care if Orchard Park got a new stadium or not, but they decided not to go to downtown. Vegas is on the strip. Any comparisons to you seeing the success of Allegiant Stadium for the league and what Buffalo's going to try to still do on that footprint in Orchard Park? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I wrote a lot about it 
when the stadium was being planned and they were deciding whether they were going to go downtown or stay out in Orchard Park. And really, it's very difficult for stadiums, once they're in a certain location, to be shifted to a different place because of the infrastructure that's already there. So uh, you'd have to, there's really one, only one example of a stadium being moved out to the suburbs at one point and then back into the city, and that's Detroit. After it went from the Silver Dome back into downtown where Ford Field is now. But that was a complex that also involves a Major League Baseball stadium and the, uh, you know, the arena where the Red Wings play. That's a four-sport town. That's also a town that has a lot of money. People think of Detroit and they see some of the urban decay and some bad things uh, in, the, in the press or the headlines. But Detroit, there's a ton of money there. And so it's different. There's a reason that they get Super Bowls in Detroit every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vegas, yeah, you, I think you have to build on the Strip. It's part of the cachet of it. I, I just go back to those times in the late 90s, JT, when not only were we covering boxing matches together, but we'd run into each other at UNLV or the occasional mm-hmm. Las Vegas Thunder game, of all things. <laughs> and we never could have imagined that Vegas was going to be like this. i I was writing for the Las Vegas Sun, and the reason I moved to Buffalo was because I wanted to work in a big league city. You know, ironically enough, the NFL was never coming. It was impossible. It was impossible, and not just impossible in terms of we couldn't envision it. Just what we were told from whether it be Paul Tagliabue or Gary Bettman or whomever the, the baseball commissioner was, you can't have it. You cannot. David Stern, all these people, you cannot have it. You will never have it. And uh, now look at it. Now you're on the verge of three. Uh, and then with as much presence as the NBA really does have in that market, it's kind of four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Vegas deserves. And I'm happy to see it. Good talking to you, Tim. I hope to see you soon. I'm not making the trip this time, but I'll see you out here for the Super Bowl, if not earlier. Thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate you. Take care, JT. Yeah, always great. You're always great. That's a great segment. Wow, what a show today, Bobby, you put together. Great show today. This is great radio, and I have nothing to do with it. The guests are exceptional. Vinny Bonsignor is next. Tim, who do, who's big. Tim's got a big presence in media. He left Vegas and admitted it to go to Buffalo to cover the NFL. He's welcome to come back. He'd fit right in here because he'd be an elite insider. We'd have him on every week like the guys we have. Uh, he's fantastic. So how about that? He doesn't like the nine and a half points. Nine and a half. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you're putting your 401k, your kids' college money, everything you have left in your checking account on the Raiders to cover. I don't care about covering. I don't gamble. I care about winning. And the Raiders need to win. Remy Martin. Oh, they're so good to us because we team up for excellence. Here pressure. come the Broncos with pressure. They pick it up. Garoppolo, still with time in the pocket. Escapes out to the 35. Gets to the 30. And he gets out of a tackle at the 25. Yes. Stays in bounds and has the first down. Garoppolo with his legs about to seal this game for the Raiders here in Denver with an eight-yard scramble. I love the fact that he ran on that play. No doubt about it. That was a big moment, a huge moment. Needed that in a massive way. 
and the Raiders were able to win. Brought to you by Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, proud partner of the show, the connection with UNLV football, the Raiders, the box combo. My sons love Raisin Cane's, and we appreciate them again with us this year. Proud partner of the show as we bring in our insider, our morning host, also Vinny Bonsignor, kind enough to join us. And Vinny, I'm in a real good place this week as a talk show host coming off a 1-0 and start to the season going into what I think is the toughest game of the year other than Kansas City on the road. How do you see it? Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, first of all, thanks for having me, uh, JT. And, you know, on, on, on top of everything else that was going on uh, heading into this game, we have what happened on Monday night to the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. a game that uh, is almost inexcusable uh, that they lost. And so you have this wounded warrior uh, in the Buffalo Bills. You know they're going to be prideful. You know they're going to want to uh, put that debacle behind them. And so the Raiders have to brace up for probably the best version of the Buffalo Bills. But I, but I liked what I saw on Sunday. I liked some of the traits uh, that the Raiders showed. I like talking to Nate Hobbs about they needed a game like this right off the bat to get thrown into the deep end and see how they respond. And as Nate Hobbs told me, we swam. Uh, so uh, if they could keep swimming, uh, whether they're in the shallow end or the deep end, uh, they, they, you know, they, they might be uh, in, in, in store for a pretty, pretty nice year this year. Vinny, cause for concern with the injury report that just came out, did not participate for Devontae Adams, DeAndre Carter, Jacoby Myers in protocol. Uh, obviously the Chandler Jones situation will table that, and Trayvon Merrick did not participate with a thumb. Yeah, and uh, Trayvon gave him a lot of credit for uh, kind of gutting that thing out on Sunday, playing with a little bit of a club on his hand. So, um, you know, I'm not going to get worried about Devontae Adams. He has a way of uh, figuring out uh, how to how to get on the field. Uh, so, uh, you know, Don Jay Carter was, was dealing with something last week as well. Uh, he was able to get clearance and, and, and play in the game. Uh, the big concern for me would definitely be Jacory, or excuse me, uh, Jacoby uh, Myers and, you know, talked a lot about this last week. I was on Q's show last week about how not enough people were talking about Jacoby Myers and what he really brought to the table. I kind of call him uh, that, that smooth operator, kind of a wide receiver, and we were seeing that in practice. We saw that in training camp, uh, and I'm really glad that Raider Nation got a chance to see what we were seeing in practice. This is a player that's going to be a really important part of this operation, and uh, uh, you know, obviously they're going to put him through everything that you need to go through to get uh, clearance to play on Sunday, which is obviously at this point uh, is in doubt. But, uh, you know, they definitely need all hands on deck, and that includes Jacoby Myers. Uh, but we know what we're dealing with with the concussion, and he just has to uh, – they have to be careful, obviously, and follow all the protocols, which they will. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Vinny, anybody who gambles would have lost their bet if they said there wouldn't be a target at all for Hunter Renfro and Michael Mayer. I mean, I am shocked by that because we know that Jimmy G can move the ball around. We know Josh McDaniels is an elite, not good, elite play caller. How'd you see it? Because I thought Jacoby had a big game. He was the advantage because of his size on those slant routes. But do you expect Michael Mayer and Hunter to be a little bit more active in Buffalo? I would imagine so, yes. Um, you know, and, and you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's more kind of the style of, of, of the game and what you're trying to do and how you're trying to accomplish that. And in Sunday's case, you know, they played a lot of jumbo packages, which included Michael Mayer mm-hmm. on the field quite a bit in a power way. Um, there were a couple of times I thought he was open um, where, you know, maybe if Jimmy had gone uh, in that direction, it would, all, it would have worked out. Same with, same with Hunter Renfro. They'll see that all on, 
on film and, and you know, uh, be better off for it. But from a general sense, when you're talking about, you know, Hunter Renfro, he's the slot wide receiver. Jacoby Myers is the perimeter wide receiver. Devontae Adams is the perimeter wide receiver. When the Raiders go to their jumbo sets, which oftentimes included an extra lineman, let alone another tight end, or sometimes the fullback as well, somebody has to come off the field. Uh, and, and in that game against the Denver Broncos, uh, when they went with two wide receivers and, and everything else that they were going out there with, with the tight ends and the fullback, that meant that uh, uh, Hunter came off the field. He only played 13 snaps, so that contributed it to as well. I did feel like there were a couple of times uh, where maybe the ball could have gone his way, but like I said, it's game one. You know, Jimmy's learning this offense and learning his personnel as well. Uh, first time that they were out there for an extended period of time, obviously. Uh, they'll see what they saw on film and what a lot of other people saw on film, and I would expect uh, that there's going to be more involvement for Hunter Renfro and Michael Mayer moving forward for sure. Vinny Monsignor, as we wrap it up, I, I really want D- Divine Diablo to play well because I like his size. My whole life I studied linebackers. I grew up with Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson. I saw a great linebacker play throughout my life, and I love when a linebacker can go sideline to sideline. I mean, now it's a hybrid world, Vinny. Can you guard a tight end? Can you drop into coverage? You play first and second down, you come out third down. That's not the case with Divine Diablo. He looks the part as as an edge rusher. I would even go not so much Micah Parsons, but more in that category than Lawrence Taylor. And he's nowhere near the player of either one of them now until he proves he can stay on the field and be a good player, let alone elite. What's your analysis of Divine Diablo after one game? Yeah, um, another guy that, uh, that I felt like was really emerging uh, during training camp, and I think uh, you know, the, the, the Raiders put him in a lot of different positions uh, on Sunday, including in the blitz game. Uh, and uh, he showed up in, in that way as well, but really good against the run, uh, did, did a good job uh, against the pass. I know a lot of times you know, fans look at uh, you know, completion percentage against each individual defender, and if you look at it that way, um, it, it, it may skew toward, wow, the Raiders' secondary didn't have all that good of a game. Uh, but the, the way the Broncos were attacking the Raiders with a lot of stuff underneath, um, it, that's almost an impossible pass not to complete unless the quarterback just throws it over somebody's head or into the dirt. What becomes the key on those types of plays is are you minimizing the damage by tackling guys as quickly as possible? And I felt like as the game went on, the Raiders did an excellent job when you're talking about Divine Diablo, Nate Hobbs, Jacorian Bennett, Marcus Epps, uh, and even Trayvon Merrick in that last play, of the, the Broncos' last play of the game, offensively, getting the tight end down before he got to the first down. It was a third and eight, I think. Um, he dropped in three yards shy of the first down, and now the Broncos have to punt. They never got the ball back again. But I mm-hmm. saw a lot of that from the secondary, Divine, um, uh, you know, uh, making the tackle after the pass completion. Uh, then that's the job right there. It might not look good in terms of pass completion percentage, uh, or how many you know uh, targets? How many times you were targeted, and how many times the ball got caught? Uh, that's that's one stat I would throw it right out the window because what happened after guys caught the ball? Uh, that worked out favorably for the Raiders because they were tackling really well in the open field, and that's been the biggest problem of all. We've seen the Raiders get shredded underneath, not by the catch itself, but by the catch and run. The Raiders eliminated the run part on Sunday, and if they can keep doing that, obviously that's going to bode really well. All right, Vinny, what do you think? Uh, give me a key to a game here because I love this part of our friendship and what we look at here because 
It's one of two things. Take the air out of the ball. Josh Jacobs has a really big game, 118, 130 yards. What he did consistently last year, Josh Allen is on the bench. Or embrace the shootout. You know Buffalo's coming out to put on a show in their home opener, and Jimmy G's going to have to match. What do you think happens here? Yeah, uh, I think the Raiders are definitely going to have to score more than 17 points to win this game. I think there's an opportunity to run the game and play their style of game because I just think if you look at the Buffalo Bills um, over over you know their last few games and it even goes back to last year and certainly uh, on Monday night uh, they're susceptible against their run for whatever reason so I think you're going to be able to run the ball or should be able to run the ball especially with Josh Jacobs now shaking off the rust but the thing is however they get into the red zone and however many times they do it. Uh, they need to they need to capitalize and score a bunch of touchdowns when they're when they're down there. It would also help if they could score a couple of easy ones, uh, some of the more explosive type plays that we didn't necessarily see uh, on on Sunday. Uh, and I'll tell you this: it would really be helpful. And Josh Allen sometimes plays right into people's hands in this regard uh, by by getting a turnover. And who knows, maybe even uh, take one to the house. You know, Marcus Peters is pretty good at that. This could be an opportunity or a game where he cashes in that way. But I do think that the Raiders could go to Buffalo and be a competitive football team. Uh, and as they showed you on Sunday in a closed game, at least one week they did the right things when they had to do them in, those, in that close game. Uh, if they get themselves into another close game, whether it's large scoring game or, or a low scoring game, high scoring or low scoring game, if they can take care of business when it counts in that fourth quarter, uh, they're gonna. To me, they're going to be in this game, and they're going to have a chance to win this game. I agree with you. I think that's great analysis. They should be in every game. They have the talent to be in every game, even if they're the underdog, and they're a heavy underdog in this game. The home opener's right around the corner. Vinny, tell us about your proud partners here in Vegas. No doubt about it. And uh, I, In fact, I was just sitting with uh, the owners uh, of Dos Cotas Tequila. Uh, they're from Mexico, Jorge uh, and Lopita by way of Los Angeles. Great people. They are so honored to be part of this journey uh, with Raider Nation Radio. Uh, and we do have, uh, uh, you know, the Saturday before the Pittsburgh Steelers game, September 23rd, uh, over at Red Tail at the Resorts World, throwing a big bash, a Raider rally for all our great listeners and, and friends uh, that, that join us every week. So Saturday night, 6 o'clock, uh, over at Red Tail at the Resorts World. Uh, and if you're just here locally, you know, uh, head over to uh, the, 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 the count room, over at the Flamingo or the Flight Club, uh, over at the Venetian. Uh, there are great specials there with those colors tequila. Tell them Vinny B. sent you in the hook, yeah. Thanks, Vinny. Have a great week. Take care, buddy. You too, JT. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic. What a show today. The Insiders, I had a dream that we could have a flagship show on the Raiders' flagship that would have the Insiders that we had today. Tim Graham from The Athletic on Buffalo. Vinny Bonsignor from Vegas Nation and Raider Nation Radio. Vince Sapienza from Fox 5 and and Bill Williamson, guy I go back with longer than anybody, anybody, Bill, and Phil Villapiano. Two-hour radio show. How about that? Nice job by Bobby, everybody putting the show together. Because I got up today, I got to tell this story quickly. Uh, Bobby laughs because I don't go to the store. I have never, I've never been to a grocery store. I go, the last time I went to a grocery store was... Very quickly for an emergency. My wife is brilliant. She does all the shopping, handles all the money, does it all. I had to return an item today at Costco. Okay, so there's, there's a story to this and a bullseye at the end. I had to go to Costco today. My wife laughed at me because she goes, okay, this will be good. 
is I just don't do that, and I don't I don't apologize for it. I do. I got a lot of jobs. I do a lot of things. I don't go to the store. So today I had to go return something that was pretty important for me to return because time was running out. My wife got me a gift. It was a one-year warranty on it. I go to Costco, and she says it opens at 10 a.m. I have no idea. I could open at 6 and I had no idea. So I got there about 15 minutes early, and there was 50 people waiting in line, many of them older, older gentlemen and ladies there, and it felt like I was at the airport when you know the plane can't leave without you. So it doesn't matter if you're first to get on the plane or in the middle. You're going to get on the plane when you get on the plane. It felt like people in their 60s and 70s were going to throw punches. They were, they were cutting in front of each other in front of the closed gate to get into Costco. What for? To get to the wine section, to the cold cuts, whatever. I'm like, what's going on here? So I had to return, and they opened up the gate, and I say to this nice lady, she had to be in her 70s, please, please, in front of me. And she walks in front of me. The lady sees me as she opens the gate. She goes, you got to return. And I went to the return line, and they wanted to see my ID, and they wanted to see my Costco card, and all of that. And uh, it was a very pleasant experience. Costco's fantastic. They took my uh, return that I needed. It was painless. And I came home and my mom, excuse me, my wife, I should, that's, that's a good slip. She is at times. My wife and my son started laughing that I pulled off the return. They didn't think I could do it. They didn't think I could find Costco, get in there, and I did that today. So my day started off with a positive return at Costco, and I just wrapped it up with Vinnie Bonsignor. I'm going on a Buffalo Bills radio show at 4.30, and they are going to go in there and tell me, JT, been on in that market for years, we're going to beat you. And I'm going to get crazy and say the Raiders are going to win like I do on all these other radio shows. Yesterday, I was on ESPN 710 in L.A., representing the Raider Nation. A lot of people saw that segment. It's on Twitter at JT the Brick. Go see how I fight for the silver and black all around the country as we wrap it up next. He's not just a challenge for the linebackers. Uh, He's a challenge for everybody. Um, this is one of the premier players in our league. Um, I've obviously had an opportunity to to compete against him a number of times. Uh, he's an incredible competitor, really tough um, football player. He's a football player. He's not just a quarterback. I mean, he can hurt you with his mind. He can hurt you with his arm. He can hurt you with his legs. He can hurt you with his shoulder, dropping his shoulder and running through people. Um, wants the ball in his hands and all the gotta-have-it situations. Uh, just does a tremendous job of leading their football team. You know, he's a he's a really good leader, and obviously they play hard for him. So, um, you know, there's so many challenges he presents. You try to contain him, try to, you know, limit some of the production that you can. But, um, you know, he's going to make his fair share of plays, and you got to just try to make it as hard as you can on him to, to not let that get out of hand. That's a great soundbite. That's Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Allen. I've said this about Coach. I've interviewed all the coaches the last 25 years or so with the Raiders. He knows more than any coach I've ever interviewed on defense. Let me repeat that again. Coach McDaniels can tell you about the quarterbacks. He scouts them because he's a quarterback guru. But he can tell you about defensive players, schemes, and all that. When he just did that this morning in West Virginia and talked about Josh Allen, man, you could tell he is, I wouldn't use the term alarmed, 
concerned. He knows how good Josh Allen is. I know how good he is. We're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. Uh, yesterday, I met with Alex DeCastaverde. His brother is Orlando. And we talked about the law firm. They are very humble gentlemen. And Alex is a great guy. The brothers have your back here. If you're injured in an accident and it's someone else's fault, you got to call them at 702-222-9999. you got to be careful. What I didn't realize is there are runners here now that show up at accidents. That's against the law. That's not allowed. So if you get into an accident and all of a sudden you're on the side of the road and someone comes up to you with a business card, hey, man, use this attorney. That is against the law. It could be a felony. You can't, people can't do that. The DeCastaverde Law Group, they do it the right way. They'd rather have lawyers with decades of experience working with them to help you. And they are fantastic. They have three offices, the one on Maryland Parkway, Eastern, 215, and Eastern in front of Twin Peaks. And they have been here because of the legacy of their dad, who built that law group. And the sons and their staff are doing an unbelievable job here in town. You'll be hearing about the brothers have your back on this show a lot. Thanks again to the DeCastaverde Law Group, 702-222-9999. I hope you never need them. I really do. I hope you never need them. But if you do... Uh, send them to me. I'll send them back to you. Those are the two gentlemen that I represent here on Raider Nation Radio. And Alex DeCastaverde is a season ticket holder. And he loves the Raiders, and he loves being here in Vegas. So, again, really good show today. Appreciate everybody. Just got a text uh, from Gavin Maloof. He'll be in studio next week. Tequila Commissario, our proud partner. I got a tequila partner on the show, man, and it's one of the best the most award-winning, medal-winning tequila you could have, Tequila Commissario, right here, our proud partner. So Gavin's going to come in on Tuesday. I go back a long way with the Maloofs. They're part owner of the Golden Knights. I don't know if we'll be sipping tequila. I don't, I don't have my Modellos and my tequila on the job, but I'm happy that we have a proud tequila partner here. Uh, a lot of Raider fans saying, why aren't you going to Buffalo? This is usually the trip I go on. I probably would have went if they didn't go to West Virginia first. I would have jumped on the team plane, and I would have took off with the team on Friday. I would have been able to work here all week, but I didn't uh, have the ability to take the week off to go to West Virginia, which is a great idea in my opinion. Great idea. Uh, Josh McDaniels talked about being on the road in a different place, and I think that's something I'm going to ask him tomorrow. So tomorrow, very early in the morning, I'll interview the head coach. I'll do that at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And then we'll have that interview on Friday. At some point, I want to get to our conversation with Jason Horowitz and Q Myers. Raiders Roundtable. It's about 15, 16 minutes of those gentlemen breaking down the game against Denver and talking about the game coming up in Buffalo. Raiders playing with house money. Puncher's chance. I'm running out of terms to describe this game, but the Raiders have a chance to win. They have a chance to win every game. But Buffalo's probably the toughest environment they'll play in all year. It's the Bills' home opener. And the Raiders will have to play great, not good to win the game. That'll be what we talk about the rest of the week. Have a great day. Q's on deck, everybody.